So, Tom, the last time we were playing the Rams, I won $1,800 on squares and got my heart broken at the same time. It was a very odd feeling for me. <laughs> um, probably the happiest. I'm not saying it was the best, but probably also the happiest I've ever been uh, during a halftime show. Don't have the same feeling going into this game. It's a little bit, I don't know. I'm a little bit uneasy. I'm antsy. I don't know what to expect. I was more comfortable going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that was, a. Uh, you know, it was new for both of us at that Super Bowl, right? We were, we hadn't been there in a long time. And, and same for you guys, obviously, it was new for you. And, um, you know, it was a close game. Could have gone either way. A couple of crazy calls um you know affected the game to some degree and uh but a three-point game you know at the second half was a a bunch of stops three and outs for both of us and uh yeah it was a it was just a good game all the way around but it could have gone either way i'm the first to say that there's always a lot of luck involved in a lot of these games and but you get your big your big you know it comes down to a, a superstar making a big play and you know we fortunately we had aaron donald to do that and you know like we had talked about previously uh uh, Ramsey fell down and Chase would have been, you know, Chase was there and that could yep. have been, yeah. could have been yeah. the most, uh, you know, amazing, uh, play in Super Bowl history, really. If it was, if it had, if that hadn't gone that way, but you know, like you say, could, yeah, but you know, like you say, but you know, and then, but ever since then, you know, our fortunes have gone in opposite directions, uh, huh, Justin? Yeah, you know, they are, and we're definitely going to talk a little more about it. My overall feeling from the Super Bowl was that I know a lot of Bengals fans don't want to hear this, but it's the truth. We were sort of playing with house money at that time. And, oh, yeah. you know, we were under the expectation that we just wanted to get one playoff win because we were facing a 31-year drought. And then once we beat the Raiders at home, it just alleviated this world of pressure to where we can just play free. And then we ended up winning two more playoff games, including the, the stunner in Kansas City. And, you know, so when the Super Bowl happened, we obviously were very hopeful. And, but was it very heartbreaking for us? I can't speak that it was heartbreaking for me. It would have been nice to win, but at the end of the day, like you said, the superstar in Aaron Donald came up and he came out alive. And I was really happy for Andrew Whitworth to go out on top with a ring. That was his final mm. game. And, you know, so it was a little, it was a little salty, but, you know, sweet in the end for him. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you guys are just beginning to build, um, to, to enter the window. And the Rams are, uh, we didn't know it at the time but we're at the end of our window. And, uh, and so that's how, that's how that really, that, that played out. But, uh, Oh, just, uh, Brandon, just, uh, uh, I made, uh, I didn't bet on that Super Bowl game. Um, but I made a bunch of money on the Bengals against, uh, against the chiefs. They had, a I was plus two thirty or whatever I was. And I, I just laid nice. it heavy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. All right. I can't rehash it anymore. We got to get into the intro. <laughs>
What do you think of the intro, Tom? Love it. Love it. Yeah, the only thing Ma did wrong with it was misspell Justin Lacey's last name. But we're yeah, close. Man. We're close to perfection. But we're, we're I'm almost there. And, <laughs> and that comes from a Cowboys fan. That comes from a Cowboys fan. That's great. Well, hey, welcome everybody that's listening to Strange Love, your Bengals preview uh, this week. We've got the Rams week three and fortunate enough to have Tom Courts here from Rams Up Podcast on the FFSN. Uh, so like, subscribe, hit that thumbs up, share us with some friends, keep that word going, growing every week, and we appreciate your support. Tom, thanks for joining us. How's things going? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh look forward to this week. And, um, yeah, hopefully a little, you know, at least it's shaping up to be a closer game than, you know, I penciled it in for coming into the season. So, uh, uh, but I look, I look forward to uh, breaking it down with you guys today. Yeah, definitely. I have I have you up um, and, and us down uh, from where I expected us to be now, and uh, an interesting matchup going in uh, to Monday night for sure. Uh, what's your take on it, Justin? Yeah, this is definitely one of those games that before the season started, I thought that this was going to be a game, honestly, that the Bengals should actually come out and firing on all cylinders. Um, this is the year that we've all felt Bengals fans related that Joe Burrow was going to have his make a stake for this MVP claim. And the Monday night football game was going to be the first true story to kind of write that story. Well, obviously the 0-2 start doesn't really help us with that, but you know, we, we left off here with the cold open and I want to kind of see like a general review to see where we last left off, you know, because it's been a long time since we played each other since the Super Bowl. You know, as I mentioned, you know, I I definitely feel very happy for Andrew Whitworth, who is actually going to be in the jungle, by the way, because it is a ring of honor night. So he will be in attendance to see both of his former teams play. Um, It was really nice to see him go out on top with a ring. And as I mentioned, we were sort of playing with house money Um, since then. You know, the Rams have sort of kind of trended in the direction of utilizing the F them picks mantra to that when the bills came and do, they had to really do a full roster turnover, which led to a down year last year. And we can probably attribute to a, a good short of that due to injuries. You know, I know Matthew Stafford got hurt, Cooper cup got hurt, etc. So um, then Jalen Ramsey, he all but moved on to Miami who also still got hurt. You still got Aaron Donald, even though he was sort of contemplating retirement there a little bit from what I've heard. Now we're seeing that you guys have a great deal of rookies on the roster. And from my records and for what I've seen, we got 14 draft picks that you guys drafted that actually made the 53 man roster. That is actually incredible. And looking at the start of how the Rams had began, I never would have thought that that would be imaginable. I was thinking that, you know, the Rams are tanking. They just filling up the roster just to get bodies in on the team. But now it seems that Sean McVay and Les Snead have really sort of built the new wave of what's upcoming when the inevitable years of Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald depart into retirement in future years. So I'm, I think that the Rams have a really good thing going on. But, yeah, we're here to ask them a little bit more questions because, again, we're showing strange love. This ain't about no hate and this ain't about no jealousy. The only jealousy on my part is you got a ring and, and we don't yet. So Jealous of your We're hat. still hoping. Yeah, yeah, we're still hoping. Oh, no, a trophy on a hat would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wore this for you guys. Um, the uh, – yeah, last year was a weird year. We, we we really did run it back last year. I mean, we brought everybody back, um, tried to sign back Von Miller, got a better offer from Buffalo. Uh, 
Uh, brought in Bobby Wagner um, to fortify that. Uh, probably our biggest weakness was that was that middle linebacker. Um, really thought we were going to run it back, and it went the exact opposite way. Uh, gave a bunch of guys raises. Gave gave Donald just a hey, here you go, bro. Here's another uh, you know eight and a half million a year, no extension, no nothing, just a raise, which is very rare in this league. Yeah. Um, Stafford got a con- new contract, which was fair. Um, Cup got a new contract, which was fair. Um, and, um, so everything, you know, Hey, we were running it back and it just turned into a disaster. Nothing worked. Um, McVeigh wasn't himself, uh, some pretty well documented on the athletic, what, what, what he went through and, um, and yeah, it just was a disaster up and down the, a lot of, a, on top of that, all the injuries and stuff. So a uh, complete disaster. And then this year it was just a teardown. Um, they called it instead of a rebuild, they called it a remodel because we kept Stafford and Donald and cup. And, uh, but other than that, got rid of Leonard Floyd and Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey and Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines and the entire, uh, defensive backfield. And uh, it was just basically everybody on the defense is gone. And, and, um, you know, starting that we, like you said, we drafted 14 guys, all that, all of them made the, uh, the fit, the 53. So super young team, and and here's another uh, nice stat for you guys that uh, the Rams starters this year on offense and defense, only two uh, starters on offense and two starters on defense played more than half the snaps for the Rams last season. A lot of yeah. that is because there's a lot of guys gone, a lot of it because a lot of guys were injured a lot of the year. But, um, yeah, two guys on each side of the ball played, uh, played more than 50% of the snaps. So it's a, uh, a complete – refreshed team McVay has a new uh kind of uh skip in his step and uh and yeah i mean i predicted five wins coming into this season um just because it was so young and so unproven and they were just basically doing a full tryout on defense a bunch of young guys but um they performed really well and uh you know so far so good so i'm not i'm not predicting playoffs at this point but i'm, I'm thinking more like seven or eight wins yeah and I mean, McVay's got to be happy uh, having a little bit of a new weapon to go through. Uh, you have Puka Nakua. Yeah, Puka Nakua, fifth round draft pick out of uh, BYU. Um, but what's an uh, interesting little tidbit on Puka is that he was originally went to uh, Washington, and um, his uh, his uh, receivers coach at Washington was uh, a guy named uh, Adams, and Adams was uh, Cooper Cup's receivers coach at Eastern Washington um, oh. years back. So, yeah, they, they share, a, a, they share a, a little bit of lineage in, in, uh, in that regard. So um, there's a lot of similarities between the two guys, uh, and, uh, you know, not the fastest, not the um, biggest, not the anything really, is, and, uh, but just very precise route runners. Um, and, uh, and big time, uh, uh, film junkies. And, um, so just try and find the, that crease in the defense and Stafford loves that. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been a pleasant surprise. He's setting all sorts of records, um, not only for rookies, but, uh, I think he tied the most targets in NFL history in the first two games. Yeah. Quarterbacks uh, love. How many catches was it that he had in the last game? Was it 15? Yeah. 10 and 15. So he's at 25. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the quarterbacks love knowing where their wide receivers are going to be at the end of the route. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's it's crazy? Important. What's crazy about it is that our number one receiver, obviously, we all everyone knows Cooper Cup is out. Um, and but our our number two, which you know everybody slides up one, um, Van Jefferson is our new number one, and he's been an invisible man. Mm-hmm. So this offense is eaten on eaten with uh, our our third receiver Puka and our fourth receiver Tutu Atwell. Um, yeah. and uh, second round draft pick three as uh, he's in his third year did nothing his first two years and all of a sudden he's emerged so um yeah really interesting uh that uh, they've had as much success as they've had i got a question about tyler higby what has this production been like you know i know that he was a guy that he was a nice little weapon for matthew Stafford over the last couple of years again i know injuries played a big pivotal role in why the, the success was around last year wasn't as great but I picked him up for my fantasy, so that's actually – I'm asking it for my own personal sake because, yeah. you know, I might have to start him against my own team. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, – he's just, it's surprising. A lot of people uh, – the Rams really cleared out a lot of guys that aren't going to be on the roster next year because what I didn't say earlier is that the this re-model, re, uh, um, as they're calling it, is really – the goal is to come back um, with – we had about $75 million in dead cap this year, so we're getting all that back next year. And um, mm-hmm. have a bunch of cap space, um, 70, 80 million next year. And uh, so really this year is supposed to be a setup year for next year. And um, right. just trying a bunch of guys out, who's going to make it pretty much cleared the roster of everybody that's not under contract for next year, except for a couple of the stars. And, and, and then there's Tyler Higby. And for some reason they kept him when they had, a, you know, all these other, uh, all these other uh, tight ends that could have stepped in for him. But um I think they just really like his blocking up there. I think like they feel like he's a, a, a extension of the of the offensive line, which is really important for keep Stafford healthy. And um, I think that that's really why they kept him. But I don't expect a lot of production out of Higby. He'll get his three or four receptions a game, you know, 50, 60 uh, yards. Um, he's not and never has been a, uh, a, a, a red zone threat, a touchdown threat in the red zone. Um, very poor in that regard. And uh, for some reason, I don't know why, but um, yeah, so he's never been, you know, he's never been one of those guys that you want out of a tight end, but, but he's there and he's solid and really just does is an excellent blocker and knows where to be. And it's a good, kind of a good outlet for, uh, for Stafford and Stafford knows where he is if he needs to dump it off. Yeah. Stafford coming back from that injury looks great. He does. He do look good. But basically what you're saying about Higby is that he's going to be a Bengal next year. Yeah, he could be. He could be uh, any, you know, if Irv doesn't work out for you guys. Uh, yeah, Higby's not going to be on this roster next year. I can almost guarantee you that unless he signs for something, you know, very close to the minimum, which I don't think he will. But, uh, yeah, what would you say, uh, Brandon, uh, you talk about Stafford? Yeah, Stafford looks like he's back. I, I know after the surgery and the offseason how he would bounce back, you know, getting a little long in the tooth, um, not – Real old by now nowadays standards when quarterbacks don't get hit. Yeah, but, but uh, he he took a punishment in Detroit. I know that. Well, he uh, did, but punishment. he took a punishment last year and as bad as his in his whole career. And um, the uh, but he lost uh, he lost a bunch of weight. He lost like 15, 20 pounds. He slimmed down just to get a little bit more mobility. Um, and he, and he and it shows he's health is healthy for the first time. This is his first full in his third year with the Rams. His first time he had a full uh, a full um, training camp, and uh, the first year he was just kind of new and came in late. And the second year he was hurt, 
And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and yeah, so it's, yeah, he's got a lot of time with the receivers and it's obviously it shows. Yeah. He's always had a hand cannon though. That's pretty wild. So we know, well, I'm going to tell you what I know about your defense. Aaron Donald's good. Uh, that, that was a pretty easy one as a layup for me. Aaron, Aaron Donald, good football player. Yeah. Um, if you don't know this, Tom, I actually reside now in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ah. So I'm not too far from where uh, Mr. Donald grew up uh, over there. I think I was over in Penn Hills area, uh, east side of, the, of town. But um, what do you have concern-wise for your defense? If you were going to, you know, send us a nice email about what we could possibly take advantage, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, the um, the defense is very, very, very young, right? We have Aaron Donald uh, returning, Ernest Jones, our inside linebacker who's now wearing the dot. Um, those are the two, uh, you know, main re- returning guys returning. Um, and then Jordan Fuller, who was the uh, starting uh uh, safety in the in the Super Bowl missed all last year with a injury so he's back but other than that it's all all new guys I mean um, so you know I, I think the edges uh, Byron Young uh, one of our draft picks um, uh, third round pick is played really well off the edge uh, got a 90 plus PFF on the last couple of weeks Michael Hoyt not so good he's kind of at the bottom he was a converted uh, defensive lineman that they that they is now our starting edge um, he had to lose 30 pounds in the off season, um, to be an edge. So he hasn't been playing very well. So that, that, you know, one of the edges is, a, is an issue. Our interior, uh, defensive line, obviously with Donald and, um, Kobe Turner's been playing really well there. Another third round draft pick, uh, starting playing the full game. Um, but I, to, to answer your question, it would be our, uh, our cornerbacks, Darion Kendrick. He's been playing well, um, but he does have a tendency to get beat over the top. And if any, you know, you guys have, uh, you know, probably the best receiving core in the league. And if Joe, which we'll get into, I'm sure, you know, can start to connect on the long ball, um, which he hasn't done yet, uh, then, you know, it could be a long day for him. Akella Weatherspoon, kind of, a, you know, uh, a little bit of a retread free agent was cut um, by the Niners and then the, uh, and then the Steelers. Um, and then Kobe Turner, another, uh, our nickel corner is another, uh, another uh, you know, second year guy fourth round pick. So yeah, we got a bunch of guys um, in the, at the cornerback group that nobody's ever heard of. And that would probably be our biggest, our weak link. Good stuff. I, uh, I'll tell you my biggest wish, I guess, uh, from your team is that I wish I had uh, Kyron Williams on my fantasy team. I feel like, uh, especially my keepers team, man, I, I like that kid. Uh, a yeah. little explosive, and, and, and for his size, he, he got a nose for the end zone already. Yeah, Notre Dame uh, didn't play at all. He got hurt. You know, he got hurt on the first play of the game last year and never recovered. He hurt his foot. He, was the, he returned the opening kickoff in the opening day, and that was it. So uh, um, not that he would have got a lot of uh, you know, play time and whatnot. He did come back later in the year. But, uh, yeah, he, he lined up behind Cam Akers. Cam was supposed to be the guy. And uh, as we speak here, within the last couple of hours, Cam is now officially a Viking. And mm-hmm, uh, yeah. pretty much, I think they they didn't even disclose the terms. I don't know if they've since been updated, yeah, no, but I, they said swapping late-round picks. So I imagine mm-hmm. it's something like 
we we gave them our uh seventh and they gave us their sixth or something which basically uh right, yeah. you know basically yeah. a give a giveaway um but yeah he didn't work out uh had kind of probably a bad attitude and because he wasn't um because he got demoted same thing happened last year so they had to move on from him but gotcha. um yeah yeah, I always wanted more from him, but eh, what are you going to do? Well, let's uh, see. We've hit that time. Let's take a quick break here and pay some bills, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Strange Love. Um, Tom, to explain it a little bit to you, Strange Love is not about our kinks. Um, that's, a com- <laughs> that's a completely different show. Uh, but it, what it is about is you got to have two, two teams to play the game that we all love NFL football. You can't play it with just one. That's just a scrimmage. That's practice. We're done with that. We're not talking about practice. We're talking about the game. We've talked a little bit about, um, the Rams and the concerns we have. Obviously we're going to talk about Joe Burrow's health. Uh, we'll get into that and then we'll let you, kind of steer the ship with where you want to go about the Bengals. But uh, Joe Burrow, that that last drive came up a couple times, uh, limped off, not looking good. Said he would have came back out. Doesn't know. Uh, you know, I haven't heard final decision yet um, on, on what what the – if he's cleared or if he's going to play or, or whatever. I don't know, Justin, if you've heard anything different. Uh, I just hear a bunch of coy stuff. Um, but obviously it's a concern. The biggest concern to me is this reminds me a lot of KD in the NBA when he had calf issues and came back and tried to play through it and ended up rupturing his Achilles. Knock on wood. I don't want that to be an issue. Um, you know, Justin, what's your take on, on the Joe Burrow situation? Yeah. So the calf obviously a concern at this point for me too. And I know during Wednesday's Zach Taylor gave his press conference. Um, yeah, I think it was actually yesterday, uh, where he gave his press conference and he said that all signs are looking pretty positive. He took a couple of days rest after the game. So they just started practicing today from, if I'm not mistaken, because the game is Monday night, which makes sense. But overall, you know, Here's my expectation of where I feel like Burrow should be headed is that you got to play hurt, even if it's times I know you still got to be cautiously aware. But if you're good to go, if you want if you're going to play, then you got to actually go out there and play. We're paying you two hundred seventy five million dollars and you signed the highest contract in NFL history. Now, you know, these are the moments where you got to be able to play play through certain type of injuries now. Don't risk your career by all means, but if you feel like you're ready to go, then you got to go. You know, there hasn't been no report saying that he is clear to play or there hasn't also been no report to say he's out. My intuition and I think believe is that he's going to play. But to add on top of that, you know, along with uh, Brandon and what he just said, the Bengals offense has kind of been performing very anemic like and. You know, they could not for some reason get the deep ball going. Week one, you know, we try to talk it up to, you know, they just struggle against the Browns naturally, you know. But at the end of the day, you still got to beat that team in order to get to where you want to go. 
And in week two against Baltimore, Baltimore was kind of bereft with injuries in week two. You know, they had a couple of linemen out, a couple of DBs out. And then OBJ also went out with an injury middle of the game. And you still lost that game. You took too long to get the fire started. And by the time you finally got going, it was a little too late. So, you know, definitely some concerns here on offense for me personally uh, going into this week three Monday night game. Because contrary to what you stated, Tom, about, about the Rams roster, about there's a bunch of young guys. And, you know, especially the cornerback spot is where you you, you struggle that we might be able to keep up with our three receivers. We went against backups last week with no Marlon Humphreys and, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of guys that, you know, third string, fourth string cornerbacks. And we did not take advantage of that whatsoever. And it just makes me feel like that we do not take advantage of decimations or inexperienced teams like we should be doing. We think back to last year when we played the Dallas Cowboys in week two. They didn't have Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott went hurt down in week one. And then we went against Cooper Rush and they also lost their tackle. And we still lost that game. So there's there's concerns, viable concerns that are the Bengals really going to take advantage of a team that they should be head and shoulders above better than at this point in time where they are trajectory wise. But I, I'm telling you right now, the way how the Rams have been looking, um, I will not be shocked if the Rams do come into Cincinnati and pull off an upset on Ring of Honor night. Yeah, I think that. Uh, sorry, I think that. Um... You guys hear me right? Um, mm -hmm. I think that uh, uh, sorry, I got my boy here, Cooper. Cooper Pup. This is my oh, nice. Cooper, Cooper Pup. Oh, kind of looks. He kind of looks like him, doesn't he? It's a dog friendly <laughs> podcast. Just so you yeah. know, Tom. I'm surprised yeah, that Cooper when Pup. I knocked on my my uh, desk, <laughs> I'm surprised that one of mine didn't bark. <laughs> Cooper Pup's here with us. Um, but anyway, no. In terms of Joe, I, I felt like. No, obviously that first game was kind of a throwaway. It was, you know, whatever it was, his name, you know, it just didn't go well for all, all, all the reasons that you can imagine for you guys. Um, but this last game was a rough first half. But that second half, I really feel like you guys turned it around. Uh, that, mm -hmm. you know, that that opening drive, um, marched down the field. And then, you know, I I, I, I kind of had to agree to disagree with, with some uh, – some Bengals fans on this topic, but I feel like it was a bad pick on Joe's part. I feel like it was terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, and uh, some people were trying to say that, that it was a really good play by a DB. I, I don't think so. I feel no. like he just, he didn't the see the people the that said that were the people that listened to Zach Taylor's press conference and then decided uh, to say the same did, thing. Cause he said it was no, a good play by the safety. Yeah. No, it was no, a bad, no, you know, was, I'll, I'll give the safety credit for making that read, but right. he had Jamar yeah. chasing but, coverage on the left side. Yeah. And he, but he, the he safety didn't disguise it. He left yeah. early. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely not. So it was a bad yeah, pick. Um, so, but they did, but the offense looked good. Joe, I mean, Joe, he made a, uh, he made a mistake, you know, an un, very uncharacteristic mistake in my opinion for him. Um, then they came back, obviously the, the, the other thing that was strange was you guys don't usually give up a big play after a turnover like that. And, um, you know, right away they came back to Zay and, you know, that was a big, big turning point. Those two mm -hmm. plays were, you know, back to back huge plays. And then, um, but good response with another drive. Then the Ravens scored, and then and then you guys had one three and out and another touchdown. So four drives in the in the second half, three of them were, you know, moving the ball. So you know, I felt mm -hmm. like you finally in this in the last quarter that you guys have played with limited um, with limited possessions, um, three of the four looked really really good. So 
I feel like there's maybe, you know, you take that if you're looking for kind of a glass half full, some optimism going into the game. Yeah. So that's, that's what I, I think. Cause I, I feel like they really did. I feel like Joe, he looked like a different guy in that second half compared to the first three qu- halves that he played. He was sure. finding, uh, yeah. you know, and there were a couple balls that were very close. Some long balls haven't been haven't he's, he's, he's pumping it down there and his arms seems like it's fine. They just haven't converted. You know, there was that one to Jamar and uh, he was out of bounds. They had, I guess it was reviewed or it's something. A, but, uh, a little off sync. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was actually some stuff where they had, uh, you know, the first game there were, <laughs> he threw a go route and the wide receiver cut out. He threw an out route and, and, and the wide receiver went, uh, ran a nine route. So I, I don't know, like it, it's not on sync. Um, Joe Burrow is now one and seven in the first two weeks of the season for his career. Mm. I, I can't explain it uh, other than he yeah. doesn't get, he doesn't have normal training camps yet. Uh, right. I it's came on, deal. I came on our show and said, this is the year he's going to have the training camp. I, th- I, I think he could really win a, a MVP. I think we could really do something special. And the next day, Tom, the next day he got hurt. Yeah, the calf yeah. injury. He had second day of training camp too. And this, you know, yeah, I can't really explain the record other than his rookie year. He came into a, the worst team in football. You know, we were two and fourteen when he was drafted, and then he again, and COVID struck. So I don't really yeah. attribute that slow start to him per se, because I think that. You know, give you a little bit of backtrack on his uh, career path so far in his rookie year in his first game. He threw the game winning touchdown to A.J. Green against the L.A. Chargers. And if it wasn't for an overzealous pass interference call, we would have won the game. And, and it was an OPI call, uh, officer's pass interference. And then Randy Bullock at the kicker at, the, at that time, he pulls his muscle calf and misses a chip shot field goal and we lose the game. So and then, you know. And then last year, because we did we win week one in 2021, but then last year we started off 0-2, as everybody also remembers. But one of those games, that first game against the Steelers, he turned the ball over five times. You know, I can also put that maybe Pittsburgh's defense was going to be much better than I had anticipated. And maybe that's the same case now because going against Cleveland and uh, Baltimore back-to-back, those are division foes. And one of them you struggled mightily against. And then another one, they didn't have Lamar Jackson when the last two times you beat them. So you're expecting that this is going to be a little bit of a different game. So this there's there's always a year-to-year case basis with these slow stars. But like Brandon said, it is kind of getting concerning now at this point because we're talking about one of the elites of the quarterback class of the Pantheon list. Joe Burrow, for most people's memories, they have him at number two on their top five quarterback list, just only behind Patrick Mahomes so far. This was supposed to be the year going into this year that he's probably going to jostle with Mahomes for the number one spot because we have so much high expectations of what he could do. But so far, it hasn't worked out that way. You know, I'm not we're not selling the stocks yet, but there is some concerns coming about. But I think that those concerns can be put to rest a bit if they just go out and have a great showing on Monday night. Yeah, if you if you tell me going into the season that my biggest concern going into week three is the play of Joe Burrow, I'm probably signing up for it. I, I think that ship writes itself. That said, the calf has to be right. One of the concerns I do have, though, is I don't think we've put enough pressure on the quarterback uh, yet. And with a healthy 
uh, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford has a hand cannon. Um, and if we give him too much time hitting those deep crossers and, and, mm-hmm. and finding the open man and getting off the spot, that could become an issue. Nick Scott, who, who signed from you guys, uh, is also questionable right now uh, in concussion protocol. So um, that's, uh, you know, starting safety, not there. Somebody who's familiar with your team a little bit, not going to be there uh, possibly. So that's that's concerning for me too. So I think, I think whichever team kind of regulates those big shots, I, w- I would favor in the matchup. I've got to admit, if I, I, I got to say this because <laughs> my favorite only one concern, I'll let you go, Tom. If Matt Stafford hits a no look pass to this time, Puka Nakula, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Because <laughs> that's going to oh, be man. terrible Von, flashbacks at that point. <laughs> Von Bell was this close to that to that ball, too. I, I, he was. He was. He was. Damn, he was, was close. Play, that was a good play. Um, you definitely need to look him off like that because otherwise it would not, would not happen. But no, in terms of you guys, I mean, I feel like. Uh, you know, your own two, you, this next four game stretch, I really think is going to define your season. And, um, and the reason is that it's a four game stretch that coming into the season. And even now is your easiest four game stretch of the season, right? You got the Rams, um, the Titans, uh, you know, I know both teams are kind of up a little bit, but they're not, you know, on the elite, you know, they're elite of the, of the NFL, um, and then you got the Cardinals, you know, one of the worst teams. And then the Seahawks, who aren't playing well at all. Uh, trust me, I was at that game against the Rams on opening day, and and it, they yeah. didn't. They're just not. They're not. They're not. They're not there for some reason. So you got four games that are very winnable, right? Mm-hmm. And but if you go, you know, you got to win three of the maybe three out of four. Four out of four would be nice before your bye. But if you don't, I mean, if you go two, you know. Two, if you lose two of those games, you're two and four. And then you got, you know, the, of the 11 games left, you got three very winnable games in Houston, Indianapolis, and Minnesota, who's kind of on a down year. Minnesota is. Right. So there's three wins. But but then you got, you know, eight other games that it's going to be hard yeah. to even, even, even at, even at your full powers are, you know, would be hard to go 500 or five and three with it, you know, with San Francisco, Buffalo. Right. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Cleveland. That's how you guys end the year, aside from those uh, three easy games. So I really feel like these next four games, if you can write the ship quickly, uh, you're going to be fine. You go, you know, five and three against those teams, four and four, um, get a wild card or something like that, or rip off another big winning streak like you did last year. You know, but if you if you Can't lose count on that the, every year. If, yeah, you can't count on that's not a good strategy um, to count on. To it's a lot for. easier to win three out of four. Yeah, but these next four games are, are, are very. Yeah, these next four games are very winnable for a team that right. should that's a, a theoretical Super Bowl contender, and um, you know that's how I break down you know this this, this uh, you know this this next month for y'all. Well, Tom, my birthday's on Tuesday. Uh, so I would really like a Bengals win for my birthday. So I, I'm just going to throw that out in the universe. I'm just going to put it out there. There you that's go. All, that's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> my listen, my girl already got me a brand new pair of Air Force Ones. So yeah. now I get a Bengals win, and I'm good. It's good. That's it. I'm a simple man. I'm really am Tom. 
<laughs> Air Force ones in a in a in a in a in a, a Bengals win. Bengals win. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all I need. Well, before we wrap things up, I mean, anything you want to ask us, Bengals wise, or? Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, obviously Burrow's the topic of the day. Uh, uh, you know, I feel like Mixon is running the ball really well. Um, uh, We've been very see... upset that he hasn't gotten more carries. Yeah, he, he needs more Finally carries. get him over four four yards of carry for two straight games, and you only give him the ball 13 times each game. Yeah, he's, he looks really strong. He looks quick. He looks he looks powerful um, against a couple of good defensive lines and, and, and linebacking cores. So that's quite, that's, that's interesting. Um, the, the, I, the fact, I don't, I don't know why I mean, I've never seen a team throw so many planned screens in my life. And I we mean, haven't been very good at a screen <laughs> game for about yeah. three years. And, and, but I mean, it is, it is, I don't know whether it's just, Hey, like we just got to, take the pressure off Joe and that's the and way to do it. Forcing. Get the get the ball outside and away from, you know, two very good interior defensive lines. I mean, yeah. you can see why they're doing it, but at the same time it's like, you know, get these guys um it it it, it allows the defense to push up and crunch things up and you guys have uh, you know, a very talented arm. I know he's not he's not maybe pushing off into his throws as much as he he has in the past, but um he's very accurate regardless and uh, and you got this wide receiver core that can run crossing routes with the best of them. So, uh, yeah, well, I, I'd be interested to see if they if they adjust on that front. And then the long ball, right? I mean, it hasn't been yeah. there. Um, I don't feel like he has as much zip on the ball as he does because he can't really push off. To, everything seems to be high. Uh, yeah. which, it means he's not kind of following through off his back leg. You know, this is obviously Monday morning analysis, but that's what it seems like. So, yeah, we'll just see from, you know, it's all going to come down to Joe because otherwise your team is is fine. Yeah. yeah, maybe your defensive line hasn't been playing as well as it has in the past, um, allowing all these long, sustained drives. But that's a good about running 200 game. yards in yeah. one game and 176 yeah. in the other, 78 in the other. A couple um, of good running games, though, that running teams that yeah, you guys true. Have, true. have had. So. Well, I will say this, too, to your point with the screen game and stuff, and is that an adjustment? Early in camp, if you you'll recall this, Justin, early in camp, he was going under center a lot more, and there's a lot more play action pass, mm. and and we started talking about how we thought maybe that was going to open up. We were going to run from under center a little bit more, maybe get the play action pass, then we'll get more downfield. Then you get a hurt calf, and now you're in shotgun, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, yeah he has, I don't think he, I, I have not. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I I have not. I watch those games, and unless I miss something, I don't think he's been under center once. No, you haven't missed a single thing. He has not been under center. Your analysis is absolutely correct, and it's yeah. frustrating because it's like you can sell the offense a little bit more if you do play action from under center or play just pack passing from under center. It, it will help open up the nucleus of the offense a little bit more. They're they're going too much with the shotgun spread formation, going empty. And I feel like that the problem is, is that your division opponent especially has caught up to what you do best and they have already adjusted. And it's not going to take long if you don't readjust to the adjustment that the rest of the league is going to permeate and it's going to catch up to you when you play teams like the Rams on Monday night. So they got to make adjustments and they got to do it quick. And I think that they will. And, you know, like you said, um, it all comes down to Joe and his health and, you know, and his ableness and his willingness to be able just to go ahead and do it. But overall, 
this is the nucleus of the Bengals of where we are right now so far. And I had to temper my expectations. We were thinking high, number one seed. You know, it's our yeah. time to get home, home field advantage. We've gone at Arrowhead enough in the playoffs. Right. Now you got to come through the jungle because Kansas City, for all of their successes so far in recent years, they haven't won in Cincinnati since 1984. So wow. we were hoping that and we were thinking so high. But at the end of the day, it's a long season. So we it might not even season. get there because of the start of this season so far right now. Yeah, the other thing I, I can see, Zach, you know, <laughs> we, he wasn't even an OC for us, right? He was a you know, quarterback's coach when he got your, the job with you guys. Uh, I can see how you guys can be frustrated with him. But mm-hmm. then on the other hand, you've had, you know, a lot of good success with him too. So it's got to be a love-hate relationship with, uh, with Zach Taylor. Very well put. Very well put. I get frustrated. <laughs> like, uh, so we, we were talking about the – uh, press conference last week and he came out and said he thought joe burrow played uh played well and um he then said that uh the play of our offensive line was unbelievable right i thought that and i was like unbelievable like when i think unbelievable no sacks you know 180 yards rushing like that's unbelievable for an offensive line in my mind i don't know man i i I thought they played okay. I thought they played pretty good. You know what I mean? But let's pump the brakes. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Pump, pump the brakes. So I get – he gets a little too rah-rah. He gets a little too vague for me. I just – you know, a little too much coach speak at times. I, I, I'd like a little more candor, but whatever. McVay's, he's very much uh, – that's McVay too. He's not yeah. – you know, he's, he doesn't disclose a lot. McVay says it with a lot more energy and excitement, so you – feel like you're hearing something you know he has the, you know he has that like yeah. these guys on tv you know that's why he can offer all this money he's very to go on. charismatic yeah, yeah. he's charismatic he can say nothing with yeah. such energy and enthusiasm yeah. uh and where, where zach's the opposite he says he says nothing you know in a very drab you know voice and stuff so yeah, yeah. different the other thing that's uh i can you know the other thing that's going on in the league is um the uh Sorry, Cooper's chewing on something that's squeaking. But um, the other thing that's chewing on, that that's uh, going on in the league is that um, the the use of this motion it almost looks like Canadian football, right? Yeah, you, you have, like these plays dead are sprint. starting. Yeah, dead sprint now in Canadian football they they can run forward, be running forward, but you get Tyreek Hill, you know, probably the fastest guy in the league is shooting off, and you get a guy like McDaniel using him the small guy to get off the line, you know, at, on, on his own terms. And I mean, that's why, they, why, that's why he's going off. But the Rams have also done the same thing with Tutu Atwell, another small guy who's extremely fast. And um, you even see some of these guys blocking, uh, blocking uh, punt, going for punt blocks and blocking mm-hmm. field goals. They're running along the, 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 the line of scrimmage and then shooting in with a, a head of steam. And so pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, pretty interesting dynamic that's going on in the league. My point is that it would be really interesting to see, you know, uh, them get uh, – I know that Jamar has talked about uh, moving him around off the line, maybe into the slot a little bit more, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and, but it would be interesting to see them use um, Jamar in particular uh, with his speed and, and um, to use him in that kind of with that, – with that running head start. Right. Does he listen this. to our podcast, Justin? Oh, did you I guys think say he does. that? I think I he did. does. I, I think he listens that. to I, our podcast. I do listen. Did you guys say that? That's great. Last week. 
We said it last. We said it on uh, Sunday on the on the the roaring uh, reactions. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Coach's cliff notes. That's our that's our uh, post game show. Gotcha. Yeah, and we do, did. Do, we do, talked do, about do, like do. why not? Why not throw him in motion? Let him run. Right. Gotcha. If you get that guy in space with a ball, but he he turns into a running back out there. Yeah, that's interesting. But I feel like they put guys in motion. You know, people have been putting guys in motion, but they typically slow down and before they turn and take off. Mm-hmm. So what's going on now, where they're at a dead sprint, the ball's being snapped and they're shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. uh, it's interesting that I mean, uh, uh, for as long as this game has been being played. There, we're seeing something, and I think relatively new, right? I don't think I've seen a lot of that as much as as we have. So it's fun to see these guys innovating, and it makes so much sense. Yeah. So, all right, Justin, any closing comments? This is a one hell of an episode, Tom. You are incredible. This was fun. This is the exact edition of Strange Love that we always envisioned that this would be. You know, just great insight on both sides of the ball here. You know, like there is, while there is vast differences, and this just shows that you can't judge a book by its cover when it comes to both of these teams. So, you know, ultimately, you know, expectations may level out into, well, reality may set in, I should say, you know, when the season progresses. But at the end of the day, I'm still pretty high on both teams. Um, You know, very surprisingly high on the Rams this season. Um, You know, you guys have, made up and turned over a great roster. Um, Sean McVay is one hell of a coach. He, like you said, he's very energetic. He's built for hard knocks, you know, and I'm surprised <laughs> that the LA Rams have not been featured on hard knocks yet, but I think that you guys will have the, a hard knock series in due time. So but yeah, we got one of them. Nonetheless, he, he, he was on one of them. Yeah. He had one of them early on with golf and so forth, but yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's like I said, it's one hell of a, one hell of a show, man. I, we can't thank you enough for joining us for the strange love episode yeah, today. Absolutely. No, and, 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 and listen, if any of our listeners out there, if we do go zero and three and you need to adopt a team, I think Tom, Tom <laughs> might, Tom might be the guy to follow. Uh, no, but, yeah. but seriously, and uh, you know, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. We're, we're all about, uh, you know, like I said, a strange love. It's all, it, like, we all love football, man. Um, at the end of the day, we need two teams to play, and and, and I can't stand the fights in the stands and uh, yeah, a fan that's passing that's away in, in 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 New England. Oh, like it's just yeah. it's absurd, man. It's we're just having fun watching watching a game. Um, so I appreciate you coming on. Uh, definitely plug your podcast here, Tom. The the Rams Up podcast, yeah, right Rams here on the podcast, Fans First man. Sport Network. Yeah, and after the end. So uh yeah, yeah, join us and uh we'll be on. Uh I uh co-host Mark and I will be uh putting out plenty of content and um <clears throat> he tends to do the summaries. I like to do the crossovers with the other teams and jump in and so forth. So uh yeah, we uh we're really enjoying it and um yeah, I look forward to a fun year and uh you know, more dubs. We we really didn't expect a lot of dubs, we're just expecting a uh, you know, a bunch of young guys balling out and seeing how they, how they, how they land, like we had said before. And, you know, uh, every dub is a, every dub is a, you know, uh, just icing on the cake for this year for us. So it's a definitely a different feeling than having these expectations and, you know, weighing on you as it, when you think you're going to win or contend, like we have for the last six, seven years, 
and you, you, you don't make it or you get close and you don't make it or last year you just crash and burn. So, um, yeah, it's a different kind of a feeling, but, uh, but yeah, you guys are, you know, I think in the center of your window, um, no question. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens this year, you'll be back right back in it next year with all those, uh, with all that talent you have and uh, a good team build strategy. Um, I think the most consistency and your coaching uh, ranks as any team in the NFL at this point, retaining all your key guys um, that have had so much success. So yeah, you continue that and uh, you know, it's stay in the window, man. And, and good things will happen. That's, 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 that's what it comes down to. That's the hopes. That's the hopes. Um, definitely. Uh, listen, if you haven't checked some of the stuff out on fans for sports network, you're missing out. Uh, we've got almost every team in the league covered. I am a Bengals fan through and through. I listen to a ton of Bengals podcasts. I put over 3,000 miles on my car a month for work. So I'm listening to a podcast constantly. Uh, you'll, I, I check it out. I check other podcasts out because I may or may not have some bets out there on you guys. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Sean McVay being petty and kicking a field goal with four seconds left might have done me well, Tom. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I might have had a seven-and-a-half-point uh, spread there. I just, I just might have. <laughs> yeah, he denied that. He was, he was, I don't know what you're talking about, but I do think that he felt like they were planning on doing that. The team was kicking team was ready to go out there, and they said, why put Stafford out there and, and expose him when, when there really, there's really no benefit? And he just said, what the hell, just get out there and, you know, you go, so – but yeah, what his reasoning was I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. My DraftKings account didn't care. My bookie didn't care. Uh, yeah, we go to my <laughs> bookie AG. I go back and forth with them, and I got a couple others. I just make sure my bookie AG is my go-to. I don't know if you've been on there. Um, they've actually started sponsoring some of the fans for Sport Network stuff. So yeah. I, I kind of meandered on there. Wow. You're talking 239, 280, 250, probably on average, prop bets per game. Wow. Oh, man. I'm, it's, it can get out of control. <laughs> I suggest you get in there before you have the soda pops. If you get in, if you get in there at seven o'clock window, you might gotta watch yourself. <laughs> if, if you get a little yeah, sticky, but, hey, man, what a great site. Sure. What, a, yeah. what a great site. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Uh, for myself, Brandon Harriet, my co-host, Justin Lacey, and thank you, Tom Quartz, uh, for joining us. This has been Strange Love on the Running Through the Jungle channel on Fans First Sports Network. Thank you for joining us. See you next week. Oh.